I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. vet bills can be. That's why Birmingham Dogs Home is raising funds to set up their own in-house vet facilities so they'll save loads of money and be able to spend more on their dogs. That's why we're jumping on Zoom to talk to Fee Harrison who's going to explain all this a little bit more. Hello Fee Harrison, welcome to A Dog's Life. Hi Anna, thanks for having me. Oh, no, it's a total pleasure because I actually grew up uh, in the Midlands in Shropshire. So Birmingham Dogs Home was very much on on my radar, really, as as a youngster. And um, you're head of fundraising for the home. That's right. Yes, Um, I've been with Birmingham Dogs Home for nearly 18 months now. But the charity's been around since 1892. So we'll actually be celebrating 130 years next year. Gosh, that's a very long time. I mean, imagine the brick, you know, I always say, you know, walls have ears and if bricks could speak, I wonder what the walls would say having witnessed, you know, two world wars and then most recently, you know, the pandemic. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a huge transformation, you know, for society and for our, our place in it over that 130 years. So uh, we, we started off from very humble beginnings, really, in New Canal Street, as a home for lost and starving dogs. Um, And today we've got two centres. We can take 120 dogs at our centre here in Solihull, which was only built five years ago. And we've got um, fabulous outdoor space. We've got a couple of acres of land to walk the dogs, which is fabulous. And um, over at Wolverhampton as well, we can have another another 90 dogs over there that we can look after, well, nearly 100 with the, uh, the puppy unit as well. And again, nice outdoor space and lovely facilities. They're definitely uh, a huge improvement over the years as, um, you know, as we've been able to do more for the dogs. At the moment then, Fee, how many dogs are resident with you? Um, We've had a steady flow, really, Anna, all the way through the pandemic. So we're close to capacity. What we found was during lockdown, and obviously there was the, the huge popularity of dog ownership and um, lots of people wanted puppies. So we did see that we did have an increase in demand for people wanting to adopt dogs, so a lot more inquiries per dog. So that was great. So that meant we could match dogs and families up together. And so that, that popularity was still there. The demand was still there. We had issues around initially being closed, obviously, so people couldn't come in and actually see the dogs and meet them. So we did go virtual, we did telephone interviews, we did video calls, uh, we did looking at um, going and having visits in people's gardens. And then when things eased up a little bit, people could come here and meet the dogs outside. It wasn't quite the same, but it was, it was great. So it slowed us down a little bit. But we were able to carry on um, rehoming dogs just as a bit of a slower process. We had to adapt, really. 
But what we've discovered now is that the dogs that we have, the reason that we do still have a lot of dogs here is that uh, we're seeing a lot more dogs with um, complex medical conditions. So those are the dogs which are harder to find long-term homes for. Sure. And, and well, you've got a, a massive appeal going on because, I mean, obviously you're not publicly funded, so it must cost you know, a huge amount to have two massive facilities, all your staff and, and obviously vet bills. And your, your campaign at the moment, Fee, is called the Healing Hearts Appeal. Yes, that's right. Um, it costs um, two, £2.6 million pounds to run both centres, which is a this is a huge number, but um, we have over 2,500 dogs, which we look after every year. Last year, our vet bills alone were £230,000. So you can see how, how the costs add up. And the Healing Hearts Appeal, what we're doing is we're doing something quite innovative, really, in the sector. So one of the costs, uh, our biggest costs being veterinary medical bills, we looked at that to see how, how that could change. And we're actually building our own veterinary clinic here at our centre in Solihull. And that's going to make an absolutely massive difference to us. We're going to have a theatre, we're going to have x-ray facilities, we're going to have wards. And what this means is instead of paying the fees when we take each of our dogs to the vets, we'll be able to do that much more cost-effectively here and that's what our Healing Hearts Appeal is all about. We want to raise £100,000, and that's for our new clinic, and to fit it out with all of the life-saving equipment that we'll need. Gosh, that's amazing, because it, it is sad, isn't it, that I think puppies and, and older dogs get dumped, as it were, when I guess owners sometimes simply cannot afford the vet bills fee, you know? Absolutely. We've got... Um, a lovely little bulldog puppy with us at the moment, Spike. He's about five months old now. And um, he came to us because his owners, when they bought him, they didn't realise that he had all of these medical problems and they just they just couldn't afford to look after him. Um, so, so far, we've spent about £5,000 to treat him. He's got BOAS, so that's... Uh, brachycephalic obstructive airway syndrome which a lot of the um, flatter nosed breeds do have so in other words he has triple breathing um, and then we discovered he's got a heart condition um, which is congenital um, so he's got obstructive valves and obstructions with the blood flowing to the lungs so poor little chap he's got all sorts going on with him so he does need a life-saving operation and Spike is perhaps um, what you might call a typical lockdown puppy in that uh, we did see an increase in, in this sort of situation where perhaps breeding practices weren't the best. And so there's been a lot of talk around, um, you know, bad breeding. And you really do need to see the mother, the parent, you see how she's been looked after, you need to see how the puppies have been brought up to really know um, what it is that you're buying really. And in Spike's case, unfortunately, um, because of poor breeding, he's in a really difficult situation now. But that's why um, Birmingham Dogs Home's here. It's here for the dogs that really need that help. And, you know, it's, he's here through no fault of his own and it's not his owner's fault either. But, you know, these medical bills are not going away. 
they really aren't. And, and then I guess as well, you know, insurance premiums just are going up and up and up and up, you know, I mean, compared to what they were in 2002, it, it, it's extraordinary, really. I mean, they, you know, my, my own dogs and everything, they, you know, make my eyes water sometimes as well in terms of affordability, which is such a shame, isn't it? Because dogs do enrich our lives so much. And, you know, it's a shame to be torn apart because of money. Absolutely. And we do everything we can for them. When people adopt a dog from Birmingham Dogs Home, we're completely transparent about their conditions, but we also spend so much money on their, money on their medical care so that when they are adopted, we have treated them as far as we possibly can. Uh, we had another really lovely dog in over Christmas, Dottie, and she she's at the opposite end from Spike, Spike's little puppy. Dottie's um, a golden oldie in her golden years, and um, she has all sorts of skin conditions and, she, and lumps and bumps, and she'd only got one eye, and um, her eye, other eye gets very sore and needs lots of treatment. And the lovely family that adopted her, adopted her knowing that we'd done everything that we could for her and knowing that she was going to need ongoing eye drops and ongoing medication for her skin. Um, and they took her on knowing that and they're just making her last years as lovely and restful and pain-free as possible. So it's, it's amazing what people do. Oh, it really is. I, I, I so believe, you know, it's so important to offer a dog a second chance. And, and it, it's so rewarding as well, you know, rehabilitating a rescue, I think. Do you think we're, we're such victims now of our throwaway society, our one-click world fee in terms of dogs and dogs being resold on the internet? So being rather than being handed into rescue, I know that there is a vibe out there saying that dogs are just, you know, going from pillar to post online. You might be right, Anna. What's at, is at the heart of what we do here, caring for dogs, and our mission is about responsible dog ownership. So when we are matching people with rescue dogs, we talk about their lifestyle, we talk about what we've just been speaking about, the financial responsibility. You know, even when you go on holiday, you have to think about boarding or taking them with you and all the costs around that. And that's part of what we uh, try to educate people about. And when, when they want to adopt dogs from us, we talk, talk through all of this because, um, you know, dogs are living things there you know they need us so much um and it is a big responsibility and it's not like a, a handbag where you can just decide that you want it or you don't want it you know they they become very dedicated to us and um really important that people understand you know what they're taking on any dog not just rescue dogs and the big impact it will have on their lives and it's also important to be patient as well. So when you take any dog into your home, it's going to take a while for you to bond, for them to get used to your routines and the rules in your house and, um, you know, for you to all sort of fit in together. But, you know, with patience and love, you know, they're just an amazing part of of life and of family life. And, um, yeah, they just add, add so much no, they so do. I do believe dogs teach you patience. And of course, patience is a virtue. So that's one of the ways I think that dogs make us human. But <laughs> Sophie, have you got a dog of your own? 
I have three rescue dogs, Anna, and they're all shapes and sizes. They're complete mutts. One of them's lying at my feet at the moment, uh, snoozing away. Uh, but yeah, they've all got their own backstories, if you like, of abandonment. Um, one of my dogs, Hope, she was actually left at the side of the road having been run over and all of her back legs were broken. So she's got pins in them. So she's my wonky dog. She walks with a real wonky walk, but we love her. We love her perhaps even more because uh, of what she's been through. Yeah, and they're so forgiving, you know. And I, So what do you think of Birmingham Dogs Home of government at the moment? Because I think government are really trying to, you know, make, make a change and for, for the better for all animals, but particularly dogs at the moment, because they are getting a raw deal what with huge dog theft fee. I mean, you, um, what's going on at that level is just unbelievable, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's um, it's been a really worrying trend seeing seeing dog theft, and you know it's reported more and more. Well, at government level, it is it is great to see bills that have been going through recently about uh, longer prison sentences for um, cruelty. So that's that's obviously something very positive, and also. Um, moves have been taken in terms of breeding practices as well. So I think there's a lot of positive moves happening. In terms of dog theft, it's it's really difficult. A lot of social media groups are fantastic at reuniting dogs with their owners. So I think that's been very positive in lots of ways. The downside to that is that you're not really sure who you're talking to. So I think really the most important thing that you can do is microchip your dog because um, then if it does get found, um, you know, taken to a vet or taken to a rescue centre like Birmingham Dogs Home, then you have a chance of being reunited. So it's, it's difficult times and obviously people need to take um, all the sort of security measures that they can with their dogs. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the sort of sad things in terms of uh, the soaring popularity of dogs over the last year that we've seen. Yeah, and no, I, I, I totally um, agree. It's some heartbreaking stories, but I think a lot of it would, would help maybe, you know, if it was mandatory for vets to scan, you know, a new dog that comes into the practice, because at the moment, regular GP vets don't have to do that scanning bit. And I think if, if they were mandatorily made to, that would uh, speed the process up and perhaps, you know, pick up a stolen dog sooner than it than it is at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it makes a huge difference. So we work with um, nine local authorities uh, who trust us to look after stray dogs um, that they pick up or neglected dogs that they've had reported to them. So um, in 2020, we had 420 dogs that we reunited with their owners. And that's because they were microchipped and we have um, the equipment here that we need to and the red, uh, check their registration so that we can uh, reunite them if their microchips are kept up to date. That's one of the things which is sometimes sad that a dog will be microchipped, but their address details haven't been updated if somebody's moved. So um, that's an issue as well. But yeah, I mean, over 400 dogs we managed to reunite because of um, being able to microchip. And that's something that we do just as standard practice when the local authorities bring the dogs to us. Oh, that's brilliant, you know, because I guess you've got quite a large catchment, really, if you're Birmingham and you've got a, 
um, one of your centres in Wolverhampton. That's quite a ways up, isn't it, from Birmingham? So what would you say really represent rescue in, in the Midlands? We do. We work as far as South Staffordshire, far south as Stratford, out to Coventry. So, yeah, nine local authorities and Birmingham City itself, of course. So we really are the place where lost dogs are brought uh, for the Midlands. So we're the leading charity, leading rescue centre for the Midlands, working with, with all those different authorities. Yeah, no, it's amazing. So have you seen, Fee, over the years, there'd be a, a distinct difference in, in, the, in the breeds or mixes of dogs coming into the centres? Um, well, I was having a little walk around with some people last week and they were commenting on the different, the variety of breeds. So we might not see um, as many pedigrees um, as as people uh, might, you know, if the people are looking for a specific type of breed, but we see all shapes and sizes. We've got so many different uh, varieties of dogging at the moment. So I know that um, there might be some preconceptions that a rescue centers only have particular types of dogs. And it's not, it's not a shop. You can't, you know, choose, choose a particular dog and, you know, get exactly, you know, what you might want on a tick box, if you like. But there's, you know, all shapes and sizes, all ages, all breeds, all mixes. And, uh, you know, there's, there's really something for everybody, really, depending on, depending on your lifestyle. So we haven't seen any sort of trends of particular types of dogs. We haven't yet seen the influx of lockdown puppies. Um, so that sort of nationwide abandonment, which has been predicted, but, you know, we're not quite there yet, are we, Anna? So we don't know what the next few months will bring, but we're sort of preparing for uh, numbers to increase. And, you know, that might affect the, the type of dogs that then come to us. Yes, I know. And gosh, poorly socialised ones, um, I should imagine, because it's very difficult for people um, during the pandemic. There were no dog training classes obviously available. You know, nobody could really go out regularly to socialise a puppy or going to, on the bus or the train and what have you. I think there will be some quite pent up adolescent dogs looking for their <laughs> forever home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, that's the a great thing that our canine carers do. They do um, spend a lot of time working on behaviour and socialising and dog meets. So where we are, we've got an outdoor space for walking the dogs so that they can learn how to walk on the lead, but also how to meet other dogs as well when they're on the lead. So they get used to that experience. And we also have some paddocks where they can play off lead as well and learn how to play. But you're absolutely right, depending on what's happened to them before they come to us. You know, sometimes they've got a lot of learning to do and they might not have learnt that, that sort of natural behaviour. So that's important to, um, to spend that time with them and sort of get them used to, to being dogs, really, and to socialising. So our team do spend a lot of time on, um, on socialising and behavioural work with them to, to give them the best chance when, when they go into their new homes. 
Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And then, of course, they're assessed, you know. I mean, for me, it often makes, I think it makes sense if you're looking, you know, for, for a dog in, in your life to obviously adopt because working with a brilliant charity like yours, Birmingham Dogs Home, you're talking to experts, they've assessed the dogs, you know, and you might get person A turn up and they want that lively Dalmatian in the corner but then you've got the expertise to say well do you know what I think actually you know that little Yorkie mix over there might just suit your lifestyle better and then once you've got that perfect match going on there's far less chance of the dog coming back to you really but also you know for it to be a successful brilliant you know lifelong relationship. Absolutely, yeah, that's that's key to the process, really, key to success. And everybody wants to succeed. We want the dogs to um, have a lovely time in their new homes and the families who are kind enough to want to adopt them, they want it to be a success as well. So it's, it's right for them and for us to spend time to go through that matching process and make sure that the dog is right for their lifestyle be it exercise, be it um, happy to be with other dogs in the house or happy to be with cats, etc., or or the amount of exercise a particular breed needs. Uh, working dogs need to uh, have a lot more exercise and need to have a lot more um, interaction and enrichment. So, yeah, it depends on people's lifestyles. And, um, yeah, there's a I believe there's a dog for everybody, but uh, sometimes the first dog that somebody might think that they want might not be quite right for them but that's what we're here for just to to guide people through that process so that they end up with a dog which is right for them and uh, they have you know have a happy family life together most definitely yes yes and so you know the healing hearts appeal we'll put all the links in the show notes but fee just um explain you know where people can go to donate how you're raising funds thank you very much yes we have um a website especially for the appeal which is healinghearts.org.uk and if you go onto the website you can read about spike you can read about uh, Bentley, who's a Mastiff who's only got one eye and we're trying to save his other eye. Uh, you can read about little Sybil. So we've got lots of stories on there about the poorly dogs that we're looking after at the moment and links to donate um, and also information about fundraising as well. So if teams in businesses want to get together to do something to raise some money or if people want to do um, you know, walks or any kind of fundraising activities, we've got all sorts of ideas and information on there about how people can support. Or, as I say, they can just donate directly on the website. And all the money is going specifically for the equipment for um, for the new veterinary clinic. So we've got um, a wish list on there of the different types of equipment that we need and how much it costs. So from you know, from small things to uh, to you know more complex surgical equipment. But the Healing Hearts Appeal is just telling the story about why we really need our own clinic and how it's going to help us to help the poorly dogs that we've got with us now but to work more sustainably as a charity so that in the future we'll be here for hopefully another 130 years and we'll be able to give every dog the best medical care that we possibly can. We don't ever want to not give a dog the care that it needs. 
Oh no, that's oh, that's amazing. Well, yes, well, I, I'd love a catch up, you know, Fee, <laughs> when you've reached your target and, you know, learn about more doggies that have been saved by you. But yes, I mean, it just makes sense to have everything on site. And I mean, particularly if it's a really red alert emergency, you know, often time is of the essence. Absolutely. We've got emergency cases that come in and time is absolutely of the essence then we also have you know daily care and um, we do spend a lot of time going back and forth to the vets and that's time where it would perhaps be better for a dog to be getting more TLC and care here but also with having vets here on site every day we'll be they'll be able to see the dogs more easily and more often so it makes 100% 100% sense in lots of different ways. And we'd love to invite you, Anna, come and have a look at it when it's all ready and up and running and uh, come and see some of our dogs. It'd be lovely to see you. Oh, I'd love that. Thank you very much. No, I look forward to that. Going places and meeting people in real life, you know, we took it all for granted. So um, I'm already excited about that opportunity. So I'll hold you to that. But B, thank you again. And lovely to hear about the Birmingham Dogs Home. Oh, well, thank you so much, Anna. Thanks for talking about our Healing Hearts Appeal. Really lovely to speak to you. Appreciate it. Hey, Mr. Binks, that's our show. Yes, I know you agree that it is extremely expensive to run Birmingham Dogs Home and the vet bills are extortionate. And it is time for Woof of the Week. We all know how expensive vet bills can be. So it makes sense that charities are bringing their vet facilities in-house. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much to Fee Harrison for joining us from Birmingham Dogs Home. And all the links to their Healing Hearts Appeal will be in the show notes. Thanks also to my very patient producer, Mike Hansen. You can find out more about him at Pod People UK. Be sure to follow us on your favourite podcast app because we're on all of them. And yes, we'll be back in your feed next Sunday. So why don't you subscribe now and then you'll never miss another show. Bye for now.